stocks, bonds, ETFs, straight out of downtown Chicago. This is Zach's Market Edge. Welcome to Zach's Market Edge, the podcast about investing in your life. I'm your host, Tracy Reinick, and this week I'm joined by Zach's Director of Research and our own earnings guru, Shiraz Mian, to talk about earnings. What are they looking like for next year? This is a key topic, but also about Zach's top 10 portfolio. Shiraz manages that every year. He's done it, and we're going to talk about what happened in this year's top 10 He never tells us anything about next year's top 10. We have to wait along with everyone else to see what's in there. But uh, this is an interesting time to be picking stocks. So welcome, Shiraz. It's good to have you. Hey, glad to be with you, Tracy. Okay, so let's start first with the earnings picture because I feel like that'll segue real well into the top 10 and what, what you might be doing with that. So... You know, everybody's paying close attention to the earnings because of what the Fed is doing, and everybody's obsessed with recessions, whether or not we're going to get it. I did personally think that the third quarter was going to be worse than what it was. I was pleasantly surprised at what many companies were saying. Even companies I thought should have been terrible were not actually that bad. And the guidance wasn't that bad, even through fourth quarter. Um, although I I did see some companies that refused to give anything for 2023. So that does tell me they're being kind of cautious there. But what is it looking like now, Shiraz, even going into the fourth quarter? It, is it as bad as what everybody was thinking it was going to be? So, yes, uh, you're right. Uh, we all uh, have been consuming this commentary about the earnings uh, that we are about to hit the cliff, that we are, uh, we will see companies across different sectors guide lower, uh, and we will have a massive kind of downdraft in estimates. Uh, that was uh, kind of the expectation ahead of the start of the Q3 earnings season. And we know earnings aren't great, but what we saw uh, in the last earnings season wasn't bad particularly relative to where we are in the cycle and relative to all of us, what we were fearing. And I suspect we will see a replay of that. Uh, We have seen a fair amount of estimate cuts ahead of Q4 as well as for next year. Uh, And uh, obviously estimates could go down some more for next year. Uh, as the economy moderates further, as the full extent of the Fed tightening takes effect. Uh, But I think relative to expectations, we will see that uh, the picture isn't really as grim as all of us uh, seem to be kind of fearful of. Uh, So I think earnings will be less of a worry uh, for the market as a whole uh, as a result of this coming earnings season as well. Uh, kind of uh, what we saw uh, uh, as a result of Q3. I see our data shows that the S&P 500 is, the earnings are expected to be up 4.8% in 2022 and 2.8% in 2023. And when I saw that, I was like, well, that that doesn't sound that bad. It is not that bad, exactly. And, And particularly when you look at it, Tracy, and you realize that this is, 
Uh, this is nominal dollars. These are not inflation-adjusted or real dollars. Uh, there is this, this narrative in the marketplace that if we are heading into a recession, even a moderate recession, which in essence means negative GDP growth, we should have negative earnings uh, uh, growth as well. Yeah. Uh, but the disconnect there is that the GDP growth uh, turns negative on a real basis. Uh, we are looking at a 2.8%, as you mentioned, today it's 2.6% positive. Uh, if you had this uh, inflation adjusted like we had the CPI print, uh, 6%, then this is negative as well on a real year-over-year uh, -year exactly. growth. So I think there's been a fair amount of, uh, of estimate cuts. In fact, I've been writing about how estimates for 2023 actually peaked in April and have been steadily coming down ever since, particularly if we look at the aggregate picture on an ex-energy basis. Right. Uh, outside of energy, S&P 500 aggregate earnings are down something like 11% uh, since the peak. So okay. if we are able to dodge a nasty recession, uh, then an 11 person haircut to estimates is no small amount. Uh, yeah. uh, we may be perhaps close to the, uh, the fair level for earnings, obviously assuming uh, the economic outlook is, 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 is not as problematic uh, as some people perhaps are, are, are projecting. Right. Um, although I've seen a lot of people now that we've got this new CPI number in that was a little cooler talking about how the Fed is going to do it. They're going to do the the soft landing. We're not going to have the hard landing. Some people saying we may not have a recession at all now. It's just going to slow, but that's it. You know, there's a lot of like cheering out there, <laughs> a lot of people, but I feel like they <laughs> may be a little too early to right. be, you know, saying that we dodged the bullet, the recession. Right. We haven't had this magnitude of tightening uh, in the economy uh, in, in recent memory. And, right. uh, and the full extent of this flows through to the bottom line uh, with, uh, with a significant amount of lag. So uh, we yeah. haven't had the full extent of it. When people talk about recession, it's it's something in their mind. There is obviously a technical definition of that. Uh, and then there is the pain and suffering part of a recession. Uh, if 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 somebody is in the crypto space, if somebody is in the specs space, if somebody right. is in the housing space, they are going through a recession already. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and we may have like another, perhaps the uh, labor market cools off and we have instead of 3.6%, 4.6% unemployment rate. Uh, that may not be a huge deal in the aggregate, but the parts of the economy that will be hit as a result of that, for those parts, that'll be a pretty tough period. Definitely. Um, you know, I was working in Silicon Valley when the dot-com bust happened, well, in San Francisco and then in Silicon Valley. Sure. And, you know, we got hammered 
very hard out there across several industries. I was a lawyer and the lawyers got hammered because the IPOs dried up, um, but the tech jobs just kind of went away. We're seeing some of that happening here again. Um, but, you know, I could come to Chicago and it it has a much more diverse economy and it, it still does today. And it did not see the kind of layoffs that were happening out in the Bay Area in, you know, between 2000 and 2002. And so I, I do feel like we may see some of that. Well, we're already seeing it again in certain industries that were red hot are going to cool off and others oh, that, you know, can't find anyone or are in like, for instance, energy, there's still plenty of job openings in the energy industry <laughs> right now. So right. Um, I feel like a lot of people focus just on the tech though. And right. then they, they see that slowing and they think the doom is here for everyone, but it's, it is not the entire economy. That's right. And it's, it's, the, it's the aggregate or they are focused on one area. So somebody is in tech or is in yeah. cryptos, and they see that the uh, the sky is falling. Uh, right. Other look at the aggregate data, and in the aggregate, uh, in the economy, there's like like uh, Jim Cramer will say, there is always a bull market somewhere. So some part right. of the economy right. is always doing better. Uh, yeah. And in the aggregate, the picture usually isn't that bad. Uh, yeah. That's what we were seeing with earnings estimates too. Uh, uh, pretty much most of the folks have now started acknowledging that estimates are coming down. But a couple of months back, uh, uh, you would hear on CNBC people saying estimates are out of line with reality uh, and they are not coming down enough or not coming down at all. Uh, and the reason for that was uh, that they were looking at the aggregate picture for the index as a whole, right. where energy estimates were going up and everybody else's estimates were going down. Yeah. Uh, and they would, they would think that uh, estimates are not really coming down. When in reality, uh, they have been coming down since, uh, since April, as I mentioned earlier. So turning to the top 10 type of portfolio, or for anyone out there who is going to want to be investing in 2023 and picking stocks, how do you account for everything we just discussed with, you know, earnings coming down, just everything, the possibility of a recession, the Fed possibly pausing or pivoting or whatever they're going to do, um, and, you know, developing a portfolio to take all of that into account? How do, yeah. where do you begin? It becomes a very tricky exercise. Yeah. Uh, and if you are, if you are building a portfolio from a tactical trading standpoint, uh, then it becomes all the more trickier. Uh, but if you are building it for relatively a longer time frame beyond the next 12 to 18 months, it is not that difficult. Uh, okay. We know the market is concerned about some key aspects of how uh, how we valued stocks, how we owned stocks, how we thought about stocks. So over the last four or five years in particular, but over the last 10 years, uh, the market was very indulgent of good ideas. And companies that could show growth, uh, market share, uh, and, uh, and, and ideas like that. 
and uh, and we were uh, we were we were willing and ready to fund those. Uh, so we saw that, and out of the tech boom uh, and the cryptos and specs and all the uh, some very interesting ideas, uh, I'm sure uh, many others that shouldn't have been funded, and that happens uh, in all bull markets. Uh, and we will be a little more discerning. Uh, we have been in 2022, and I think that discerning mindset will continue uh, in, in 2023 as well. So if you are not looking for excellent performance and return in 2023 itself, but you want to own quality stocks for the long term, that is not terribly difficult. In fact, for those folks uh, they may be looking at some really excellent opportunities across the market. Uh, okay. There's many blue chip stocks. Uh, if they were looking for safety, there are many others in the mid cap and small cap space uh, that have really been uh, hit hard. And they could pick stocks at uh, 30, 40, 50, 60% discounts to where they traded uh, a year or uh, uh, maybe even less than that uh, back. So uh, there's yeah. plenty of good opportunities. Uh, let's talk about a couple of the winners you had in this year's top 10, because I do feel like that kind of reflects what you were just talking about. So one of them is Albemarle. And I own that in the Insider Trader, but we bought it a couple months after you bought it originally for the top 10. The ticker is ALB. And that company is one of the big lithium producers and lithium is in the electric vehicle batteries and the price of lithium has tripled over this year that you've owned it. Um, what, what do you think about stocks like that? It's still cheap. It's in this hot commodity type area. Do you think that these types of stocks will, uh, you know, still be leaders going into 2023? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think if you if you uh, if you latch on to uh, a long term trend uh, that will play out over over years. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and this ALB uh, and lithium uh, is definitely a play on that. So uh, yeah. EVs and uh, and batteries and 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 all of that trend is not just some faddish thing that happened uh, and will now get into decline that Elon Musk is tied up in in Twitter. Uh, that's that's a long term trend will remain in place uh, and companies like ALB will benefit from that. Uh, one could argue that these stocks had had a good run. Yeah. Uh, and valuations have caught up with it. Uh, uh, and that's a fair argument. And one could agree or disagree on that point. My personal view is that the full extent of a commodity and as a result, the company producing the commodity is never priced fully uh, in one go. Uh, and okay. the duration of the cycle is also never fully priced in. Uh, and I strongly feel that uh, the lithium really uh, has a lot more uh, uh, room to run uh, than the market has acknowledged. And once the macro 
picture clears up to some extent for the market as a whole, like you were talking about the CPI report and the market yeah. uh, kind of getting excited about what the Fed will do once the Fed overhang eases to some extent, everybody will benefit, including the likes of uh, ALB uh, that have done relatively better compared to uh, compared to other parts of the uh, uh, of the market. Just one yeah. brief comment, Tracy. Uh, uh, we we are obviously top 10, 2022 was down uh, yeah. as, as the entire market was down. Uh, but just uh, just want to point out that we were down less than the market okay. uh, through uh, through the end of November. We were down uh, about 10 percent. OK. Uh, and uh, uh, the S&P 500, which we use as our proxy. So the top 10 was down 10.6 percent. The S and P uh, and the S and P five hundred was down thirteen point seven percent, and and then in the, in December in the uh, uh, first uh, few days of December we have done a little better still because Oracle, which is one of the stocks, has done relatively better. Uh, so okay. on the whole, I'm not happy that we are in the negative, but we did still <laughs> better than a little bit. Uh, than what the market as a whole has done. Well, yeah, it does. You've been helped for sure by like Albemarle. And another interesting one I, I saw in the portfolio that's in the green, but just kind of barely here, which is a surprise, is Nutrien, ticker NTR, which I also do own in the value investor portfolio. And they, they're they're big in the fertilizers. That's another one that's in like a commodity cycle type of thing. And the cycle is bullish right now because those fertilizer prices were all at record highs, helped along by the Ukraine war and the fears about, um, you know, Belarus and Russian supply and various other things. The, the fertilizer prices have come back down and so have the stock prices, but it's basically round tripped and it's still super cheap. I took a look at the P, it's at 5.6 times only right. here. Um, so what do you make of some of these stocks that were influenced by the Ukraine war, but you bought it without any knowledge of that even happening, really? And so does the story, now that it's round-tripped, is the story still good going forward? I'm assuming absolutely. the same as with uh, lithium. That's okay. right. Uh, absolutely. If, if, you have, if you have a favorable outlook for the underlying commodity, then uh, you have to you have to be ready for uh, extraneous situations that may have a bearing on the commodity. Like with agriculture, we saw uh, uh, we saw what what happened as a result of Ukraine. Uh, uh, Nutrien uh, is a leader in the space. Uh, uh, ALB is a leader in the space. Uh, these are well-run companies, uh, and uh, these are totally worth holding uh, in a diversified portfolio for the long run. Uh, we have calendar year limitations in the top 10, uh, uh, but somebody contemplating adding quality names uh, for the long run to their portfolio uh, should, should should totally have, uh, have, have Nutrien and ALB. Uh, on their short list for consideration. 
Um, switching over to the other commodities that's the best performing in the S&P 500, uh, did you have any energy in 2022? Did that help uh, you? It's, it's, it's my, uh, to my eternal shame, Tracy, that I, uh, <laughs> I did not have any energy. Uh, in no, fact, the uh, former, the former <laughs> oil analyst himself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, 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 and it's, it's, it's doubly disappointing because the, uh, the final shortlist that I had, uh, of which I picked the final 10, uh, had pioneer natural resources in it. Uh, okay. and, uh, and I stayed out of it. Uh, it's it's it, it gets to these subjective kind of uh, uh, views that you have to uh, you have to uh, uh, go with because there's only ten slots. Uh, I usually get down to about two dozen uh, when I when I'm making the final picks. I'm by the way at that stage right now for the 2023 episode, okay. uh, and who knows which winners I lose on the table. Uh, this time around, but yeah. yes, uh, energy uh, was on the drawing board last year. It is on the drawing board this year too, uh, okay. and I left it out. In the past, uh, I have had energy. Uh, I've held Pioneer in the past. Uh, I've held Chevron in the past. I've held right. oil field service players in the past. Yeah. Uh, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what we have for uh, for the new year. Uh, but okay. I didn't have any benefit of energy uh, in 2022. Yeah, missed so out. That makes your outperformance your out even better, though. That's even well, more impressive because you didn't own the best performer. We we didn't own the best performer. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. What about banks? Where do you stand on banks? I like banks. Uh, I feel that this market narrative. Uh, about banks that they end up making a lot of money in the good times, but they lose it all during the bad times and okay. then some. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's been way too colored by what happened in the global financial crisis. Right. Uh, that was an unusual period. Uh, the downturn was kind of centered on the banks. And, and 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 related to the housing sector, so uh, when the economy slows, uh, it has implications for banks. Banks are right. a, a very domestic centric, uh, uh, e e economically sensitive uh, sector. Uh, but I think the uh, the the worry in the market. Uh, about banks has been way too colored by how these players behaved in the last crisis. And I'm personally not in the camp of a nasty recession. Uh, we may get a technical recession. Uh, we may dodge it altogether. Uh, uh, these companies will suffer uh, some weakness in their underlying business. Uh, but I think the higher interest rates are here to stay. Uh, okay. That's a net benefit to these guys. Uh, the big players uh, that are kind of the financial conglomerates, the JP Morgans, the Bank of Americas of the world, will yeah. benefit from the capital markets eventually coming back. Uh, 
capital markets are practically at a standstill right now. Right. There's no, right. there's no IPOs. There's no M&A. There's not much debt issuance. Uh, so the, the, these companies will, will, will it, at some stage, start making money on that front too. Uh, so I'm actually uh, quite positive on banks. Uh, okay. Housing obviously remains a drag for the group, uh, but they have uh, many other areas that uh, I think will will, will benefit them uh, in 2023 and beyond. Yeah, I've uh, heard a lot of people talking just now that we have this second cooling of the CPI, that you know the bank trade is over now. You know the nimble decline. Nobody cares about the banks anymore, but. The bank trade never happened, even That's this right. year. That's so right. Bank of Bank of America is down twenty six percent year to date, and J P Morgan's down fifteen. That's just right. the big banks. Um, but a lot of the smaller banks are either flat or down on the year too. The ones who are supposed to benefit from the rising rates, nobody cares, and they've been selling all those stocks too. So it's like a weird disconnect, kind of from what the market is saying and what should normally be happening. Like I'm looking at Comerica and it's down 24% year to date. And they they are a big beneficiary of the Fed raising rates. Absolutely. So unless, yeah. So unless you think they're going to be cutting imminently or something, I, I don't really understand the reason behind selling it off to this extent, but um, that makes it, an opportunity, as you've been saying throughout this podcast. Absolutely. I, 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 I find it hard to envision the Fed thinking of cutting rates unless we get into a very nasty recession. Uh, yeah. If we are heading into a nasty recession, we have much bigger problems than just banks. The, right, right. Uh, the the the, uh, the the notion that the Fed having dodged inflation, uh, which is what kind of uh, the, the CPI reports and this mindset uh, would suggest and tells us, goes against uh, the idea that they will again uh, be easing financial conditions for the economy to boom all over again and put them back in the same spot where they were in 2021. Yeah. So uh, they have to stay tight. They may not be raising rates, uh, but they have to be mindful uh, of what their overall qualitative stance uh, uh, tells the, the market uh, about how they view uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the fear of inflation. Uh, and I don't think um, uh, cutting is uh, on the horizon at all, unless the economic picture really deteriorates. And yeah. uh, it's, it's possible that we, uh, in the new year, uh, get to a stage where the Fed says we have had this much tightening on the books already, uh, and we'll now sit tight, being watchful, being careful, uh, and being wary of inflation returning, but we let the cumulative tightening take full effect in the economy, uh, but otherwise remain ready to resume tightening should there be a need. Uh, yeah. And that is not easing. Uh, there right. may be some change in stance, but that's that's no pivot, that's no 
no cutting. And, and that's a good right. uh, environment for for the Bank of America and, and the co-Americas co of the world. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of the bank still going forward yeah. in, into next year. So we'll see. Absolutely. Um, what do you think about the small cap versus big cap kind of debate that's going on now, too, that a lot of people think that the large cap rally we've seen basically over the last 10 years is over now and that the small caps are going to rise again? Uh, but that would have to include the small cap banks, which are a lot of the small caps. But sure. uh, if you exclude the banks even out of there, it is is that fair going forward? Or you know, what should people be doing about like market cap? I'm very sympathetic to that idea, Tracy. I I, okay. I strongly feel uh, that uh, given the relatively more positive outlook for the U.S. economy vis-a-vis uh, -vis the rest of the world. The dollar will remain strong, even though it has pulled back lately. Uh, it'll remain strong, and it will be on the margin a drag on the blue chip profitability. And uh, and we all know that small caps in the aggregate uh, are relatively more domestic and relatively less exposed uh, to the. Uh, uh, to the uh, to to the dollar uh, to the dollar situation right. that benefits them. The relatively favorable outlook for the U.S. economy and their exposure to that and leverage to that that benefits them. Uh, and I I'm actually sympathetic to uh, the small to mid cap kind of uh, orientation uh, and a deliberate kind of exposure to that. Uh, if one has to choose. Uh, then, uh, then uh, I think uh, an exposure to the small to mid cap uh, is a good one. Uh, you have to be mindful that you pick companies that are stronger financials uh, yeah. because the capital markets uh, will be relatively restrictive uh, and uh, you need players that can, uh, that can uh, go on with their own cash flows and don't need a lot of external financing uh, for their growth and uh, uh, and operations, should investors be looking for small caps that pay dividends, like outside of a bank? Would that would that work? Is that a way to like narrow down the list? Dividends are always a good way to capture returns. Uh, yeah. uh, those are relatively mature companies, uh, companies that have more confidence in their cash flows. Uh, right. And that by itself uh, should give you a lot more confidence in their financial health. So a small to mid-cap company paying dividend yeah. uh, uh, should ease a lot of your concerns about their health. Okay. Uh, a company uh, that does not have the financial capacity to pay a dividend uh, and is still paying it uh, is 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 a board of directors that's that's not performing their fiduciary right. duties, uh, and right. they don't uh, stay in business that long. So, right. uh, on the whole, uh, if one doesn't have the uh, capacity to do a lot of research, uh, uh, as a general rule, uh, a, a small to mid cap company paying dividend is a good uh, indicator and metric uh, to go by. And when when is the new top ten actually launching? 
So right. the first, uh, the first uh, trading day uh, after New Year, which is uh, January third, uh, which incidentally okay. will coincide with my with my birthday this year. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so that'll be a big day. Uh, well, I'll be tuning in, <laughs> and a um, lot of excitement. As I said, there's always is because none of us know what you're putting into it either, and it is always a really intriguing list of stocks, as it was this year. And I always like to know, you know, what what uh, direction are you looking at, and where are you going with the portfolio? So I eagerly await it coming out um, at the the start of the new year. So excited. I have I have about half of the list finalized already. Okay. Uh, and uh, uh, as I said, the short list had about two dozen names uh, and I'm still uh, going through the remainder uh, as to where to uh, uh, where to land on the final ones. Okay. Now, is there some kind of like methodology you use for those remaining couple of names when you're unsure or do you just do you go with your gut how do you, how do you determine like for those so, remaining so the uh the the, the original short list like the two dozen roughly names uh, uh i sh- i reduce the full list to that using a variety of metrics Okay. Uh, and these are all bottom-up metrics uh, uh, about valuation, about profitability, about financial health, uh, about size. Uh, and uh, then within the uh, the two dozen list, uh, I'm trying to marry as many names to my macro outlook as I possibly can. Uh, okay. And being mindful of some degree of diversification. So I don't want to have a lot of tech. I don't want to have a lot of finance. Uh, I don't want to have a lot of consumer exposure. Uh, and uh, and it's that give and take. Uh, there are more sectors than 10. Uh, as you know, we have 16 sectors at Zacks. Uh, right. But there are places only for 10 stocks. Uh, and, and that's where the give and take happens in, in the final count. At times, uh, I leave out a pioneer natural resources, uh, right. and uh, and turns out to be a wrong call. Okay, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. Because <laughs> um, yeah, it is, right. it's very you know only ten positions. That's that's, right. that's not easy to pick. Um, and if anyone is interested in checking it out, you can go to zax.com/slash/top10. I think. Can you also get it through the ultimate, Shiraz? Do you know? Yes I, think, yes, I believe you can. Yeah. Okay. So you can either go to slash top 10 and get it or zax.com slash ultimate, which I've used on the show and the Value Investor Podcast for to check out any of our newsletters. But it's zax.com Z-A-C-K-S, slash ultimate, U-L-T-I-M-A-T-E, or the top 10, and it's the number 10, T-O-P-1-0. But uh, be sure to check it out. It's always an exciting time. I love the new year. I love when the calendar turns because you get to start fresh. <laughs> you get to say goodbye to that other portfolio from 2022 um, or make some changes on what worked, what didn't. 
and what you think might happen in the new year. It's always a hopeful time and again, a time to kind of start fresh and start over. And after this year, I feel like we all need it. So sure. check out that top 10. Um, it's, it's always a good time and uh, always interesting stocks in that list. So as always, you wanna be sure to subscribe also to get the podcast. You can get it on, uh, Many different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, and of course, SoundCloud. You can also get it on Zax.com. We have a podcast link up at the top. Just click on podcast. You'll find all of our podcasts. There's some excellent ones. Be sure to check out the ETF podcast, ETF Spotlight. Always some good uh, guests on there and ETFs. A lot is going on for those into 2023. You don't want to miss out, but be sure to get us somewhere and I will see you in the new year right when the top 10 comes out. That's when I'll see you again. So have a good holiday season. Happy new year. And I'll see you in 2023. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.